Hi, I'm Sybil Virch from The Wealthy Life. I started in the financial services industry in 1994, and over the years I soon realized that the average Canadian didn't know many of the tips and tricks that would put more money in their pocket and create wealth. And it's not just about money. Being wealthy in your life is about being healthy, happy, financially secure, being surrounded by friends and family. So on The Wealthy Life, we hope to cover it all. I know, you're a take charge person, captain of your own ship, queen of the castle. But what happens if you're unable to make your own decisions? Today we ask, have you appointed the right power of attorney? As well, learn the top tax saving tips for business owners. Then, what's safer? Paper or electronic statements? All this and more, right now on The Wealthy Life. Do you know what a power of attorney is? It's when you have like a right to the, an attorney, right? Or no, 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 I don't know, don't know. Power of attorney is the ability to make financial decisions for other people um, and decisions regarding like their life wishes on their will. Gives like my property, like the right to my property to someone else. Yeah, that's okay. what I think, I don't, I don't know that. A POA? Power of attorney means you've signed over like to a person you've chosen uh, to ma administer your affairs on your behalf if you're, when you, when you become incapacitated. Today's guest is Janet Mason, a senior trust and estate lawyer. Janet, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sybil. Delighted to be here. Now, I'm not sure everyone loves talking to a lawyer. It's either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the situation they're in. And I think it depends on the lawyer you're talking to. I think it's important that lawyers distill the information down in a way that people can understand it. Well, we're going to talk about some important things that affect every single Canadian, so they won't want to miss out on these tips today. Before I jump in, tell me a little bit about what you love best about being a lawyer. Uh, it satisfies my natural curiosity. I've always wondered the why about things, and I get to uh, find out the why when it comes to the law, and it's always changing, never boring. Well, changing is good. I get tired of the same old thing as well. But when it comes to law, I think a lot of people feel quite overwhelmed. What is with the Latin language still in law? Is that necessary? In some instances it is. The words hold special meaning in law. So the Latin's there, but, you know, not all of them are still necessary. No, and this is where I think a lawyer can come in and help cut through all of that and speak layman's terms. Very important, and yes, they should. So what would you say is the number one document that every Canadian should have while they're still alive? Definitely a power of attorney. Two of them actually, one for personal care and one for property. So can you explain what exactly is a power of attorney? It's a document where the uh, individual gets to appoint or choose who is going to be making decisions mm -hmm. on their behalf in the event they're unable 
to make them themselves. And what are some causes of that, that people can't make their own decisions? Uh, well, you know, it's not just for seniors, uh, although they're at risk. Uh, dementia, Alzheimer's can affect capacity and decision making. Uh, but for those of us that are active, those of us that travel, uh, accidents can result in comas, uh, that sort of thing. And what happens if you don't have a power of attorney? and you get into one of these situations, what happens? Who makes decisions for you? You know, and that's a really good question, Sybil, because people tend to procrastinate. Same way we've got almost 60% of Canadians that don't have wills, we can assume at least that many don't have powers of attorney. Wow. And whether they're married or not, your spouse or partner is not automatically going to be your substitute decision maker. Someone will have to apply to the court uh, in BC, they have a committee appointed. Uh, it's regulated by the provincial government. There tends to be higher, more onerous reporting requirements. Think about the time. Think about the additional labor. Do your loved ones a favor and put a power of attorney in place. And that's great advice because you don't want to leave your family members scrambling and trying to figure it out after the fact. Can you touch on what the difference is between the two types of power of attorney you mentioned? Sure. So one uh, deals with property and property is not just your house. Uh, I recall a story one time, uh, a friend of my mother's actually um, thought it just had to do with the house so when they sold the house she got rid of the powers of attorney for property. Oops. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> property is actually all our assets. Yes, your investments, everything you own, as opposed to what was the other type of power of attorney? Uh, for personal care or representation right. agreement, they go by different names in different provinces. And that covers your medical health care, home care uh, decisions. Who's going to make some of those health choices for you? And what is the big question that Canadians should be asking today before they draft their power of attorney? Most important question is who is the person you're going to choose to make decisions on your behalf? Well, don't go away. Find out how to select the right power of attorney when we return. The Wealthy Life is brought to you by investment dealer Raymond James. Life well planned. See what a Raymond James advisor can do for you. Welcome back. We're here with Janet Mason to find out who you should appoint as your power of attorney. So Janet, we talked a little bit about what a power of attorney is. When is it enacted? How do, if I have appointed someone to make decisions for me, at what stage can they start making decisions for me? It depends on what the document itself says. Some come into effect as soon as they're signed. Uh, it's an agency relationship. Some are suspended or springing or continuing or enduring, uh, which means uh, they can continue or kick in uh, during incapacity. So for example, if I knew I was going to go on a trip around the world for a year and I didn't have cell phone contact and some things needed to be done for me back at home, I may appoint someone as a power of attorney immediately to, to make some decisions for me, pay my bills, that type of thing? That's right. And you would provide them with your instructions, what they can, cannot do while you're away, and check in with them regularly to see if something unexpected came up as opposed to if I'm in an accident or I start forgetting things and I'm unable to make decisions on my own. At that point, I may want a power of attorney to only kick in if I can't make my own decisions. That's right. 
So how does someone know if I'm not able to make my own decisions? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great question. Uh, and it's a very interesting and evolving area of law right now. Uh, the issue of capacity in its most succinct form is to say it depends on the particular decision at the particular moment in time. So the level of capacity varies depending on the decision being made. So really it's a, it depends, and I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it. So choosing the right power of attorney is critically important because that's a high level of trust. How do people choose? It's a very, very important question, Sybil, and what we're seeing today, we see it in the newspapers, I see it when I review the case law that's coming out from across this country. You need to put a lot of serious thought into who you choose. There was a woman recently in the news in Saskatchewan, went in for a hip replacement. By the time she got home, her daughter, who was her power of attorney, had even sold her house out from underneath her and dissipated oh, no. her assets. All she had left was her pension. What a nightmare. Did she have recourse for that? What are you going to do? This is a highly underreported crime, and it is a crime. Wow. Families are embarrassed. Uh, seniors are extremely vulnerable. Statistically, uh, the financial abuser profile would uh, be along the lines of almost 60% are male, almost 40% are an adult child or grandchild, and about 25% of those um, have lived with the victim. So essentially... So they're abusing power and trust can people appoint a corporate executor instead? There are some uh, professional attorneys that are available, similar to professional executors. They're non-financial institution uh, service providers, and yes, they are available. Okay, so I think the bottom line is really choose carefully, take your time, make sure it's a person of trust, have clear instructions, maybe consider a professional. And contact us at thewealthylife.com if you want a copy of our Power of Attorney Checklist and Estate Planning Booklet, as it will help guide you through the process in full. Janet, thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure, Sybil, thank you. And stay tuned, up next we'll learn top tax saving strategies for business owners. The Wealthy Life is brought to you by investment dealer Raymond James. Life well planned. See what a Raymond James advisor can do for you. Congratulations, you're a successful business owner, but who's gonna fund your retirement? You are. With us now is Damon Pallon, a chartered professional accountant specializing in working with small business owners. Damon, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. How did you get interested in accounting in the first place? Uh, grade 10, my, uh, I signed up for an accounting class uh, just to try it out and my uh, grade 10 teacher got me intrigued and the rest is history. You were hooked from grade 10? Yep. That never happens, that's like every parent's dream. <laughs> Most kids haven't a clue what the heck they want to be when they grow up. Yep, it, uh, it's been a long time, but I uh, got through the end and it's good. So what do you love best about working with small business owners? I like uh, helping them save tax and watching their businesses succeed. Well, that sounds good. I'd like to save some tax and I like to see business succeed too. What would you say are some of the most commonly overlooked tax saving strategies by business owners? I think the, the biggest one that I could uh, come up with is uh, having a good bookkeeper. 
If you're not organized, you're not going to be successful. And you need to have a good bookkeeper in order to make sure you're saving all the GST that you possibly can and saving all the income tax that you possibly can. So a lot of people get confused between what's the difference between a bookkeeper and an accountant. Can you elaborate a little bit? So a bookkeeper is going to handle the day-to-day -day, uh, data entry stuff and, and they're going to be filing your uh, WCB, your GST, your payroll, all the, all the things that happen on a daily, Ooh, weekly basis. All these exciting acronyms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds exciting. So a bookkeeper is essentially an administrative role, keeping you on track and yes. filing things for you. Yes. Versus an accountant is going to have the bigger picture strategy. Yeah, we're going to be looking at, uh, at the overall picture, you know, both from a personal standpoint and a corporate standpoint, and maybe if there's a trust involved as well, and making sure that all the parts are moving together in unison. Now, how often do you have to read through the Tax Act? Uh, quite often if I'd like to sleep. Oh, well, it would put me to sleep too, <laughs> I'm sure. No, you have to stay up on it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's forever changing. And with new governments, uh, provincially and federally, there's, there's always changes coming down the line. Keeps things interesting and you exciting. Bet. Absolutely. So when it comes to retirement planning for business owners, things are a little bit different because I know from a tax savings perspective, a lot of business owners pull income out as dividends mm -hmm. as opposed to income yep. and you need income to pull out if you're going to contribute to an RSP correct which is okay but is that what business owners should be doing or is there an alternative it, it, it's an option but you you have to look at uh, you know the the business owners whole financial um, picture and and make sure that you know is maybe the dividends is right uh, but often, you know, an IPP might be a, a good way to do things. In Hold on, an IPP? There's an another acronym. <laughs> what does that mean? An individual pension plan. And that's uh, where the company can actually contribute to, or your company can contribute to a pension plan and get a tax deduction, and then you have a, uh, a fixed pension down the road, like if you were working for the government or something. So business owners can create their own pension. By, so it, and saving tax. And save tax. This yes. is music to our ears. Yes. I know I hear a lot of people complaining about others who, oh, must be nice, they have a pension plan, I'm self-employed, so I don't get a pension. Yes. Well, it's true that you don't have another employer putting money in, but you can create your own. You bet. And often the outcome is equal or better than, in yes. many cases, yep. than having a pension plan taken care of for yes. you. Yes. And with the... Uh, the tax changes that came out in March of 2018, the, you'll see a lot more people going towards the individual pension plan um, to complement these new tax rule changes. So essentially, what's the Coles Notes version of how it works? Where do they start? Uh, well, they're going to start with, uh, with the accountant, and uh, the accountants should be figuring out uh, if there's a need for the individual pension plan. Once they've determined that there is a need, then the accountant should be reaching out to the other advisors, either you know, or the actuary, uh, the actuarial person, or the in investment advisor, and the three of them should be getting together and making sure that it gets set up in the proper manner. So this isn't something people can just try at home themselves. No. You need there, advice. There is no IPP for dummies. Okay, no IPP for dummies. I like that. Essentially, though, it's really about tax. I mean. Number one, you want to prepare for retirement and make sure that you have enough savings to fund your retirement income for life. Yes. But you can do that a number of ways. Whether the IPP makes sense or not really depends on several variables. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. How much income your company makes, 
what your personal tax bracket is, how much you're pulling out. Yes. How about, can you set this up for your employees as well? There are options to set up a, a pension plan for your employees. It's a little bit more cumbersome, um, and obviously there is a cost to setting that up. But um, you have to be careful with the employees because you have to make sure that the pension is funded enough. Uh, so therefore, if the company gets into trouble, then you can have some issues with that. So that's a, that's a discussion that needs to be thought through uh, quite thoroughly. Well, the good news is you don't have to retire broke. Just because you're a business owner, you can do some planning in advance and succeed at that. Absolutely. Take one less thing off your mind to focus on the business. You bet. Now, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions for business owners. What are the most common audit points? Um, some of the uh, audit, the vehicle audits is one that we see a lot of. So a lot of times, uh, companies or business owners will want to have their vehicle inside their company because they drive 100% for business all oh, the time. Oh, sure they do. But the minute you go to the grocery store, you're not uh, using it for business purposes. So you have to really evaluate whether or not your true business use warrants having the vehicle inside the business because if it doesn't, then you can end up in a double tax scenario. So you really have to make sure that you have a good understanding of the vehicle deductions and whether or not a vehicle can be inside your company or not. So for all the non-business owners out there, they think the business owners get these great tax breaks. Do they or don't they? They can, but it all depends on you know what uh, what their business is and you know whether it requires a, a vehicle or not. If someone has an internet-based business, you know it's going to be hard to argue that you need your vehicle inside your company. If right. you have a construction company and you're driving around to different job sites, that's that's probably a, a stronger case to have your vehicle inside the company. And the other key thing to remember, if it in order for something to be deductible, you have to spend money. You do have to spend <laughs> you money. You don't get to just save taxes miraculously. You have to spend money on something to create a deduction. Absolutely. Great. Yes. Well, Damon, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks, Thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you. And if you would like more information on IPPs and whether it makes sense for you or not, contact us at thewealthylife.com. And when we return, find out which is better, paper or electronic statements. The Wealthy Life is brought to you by investment dealer Raymond James. Life well planned. See what a Raymond James advisor can do for you. Welcome back. Thanks for your letters, emails, tweets, and messages. Today's question is from Simone in Vancouver. Dear Sybil, is it best to get paper statements or electronic? I'm afraid that if the financial institution is hacked, they could lose all documentation and I'd have no proof of the money I have. But with paper statements, it is also a risk to have my financial information in the wrong hands if someone steals them. What is the safest option? Many thanks, Simone. Simone, great question. And there is risk either way. Personally, I think electronic is far superior for a number of reasons. First of all, it's quicker. You get your statements immediately rather than having to wait for several days or a week or two after they're printed to show up in the mail. Not to mention the impact on the environment. Save a tree, it feels good. But when it comes to safe, safety online, there's some things you really need to pay attention to. You should check with your financial institution and find out what their privacy policy is and what safeguards they have in place. Most all financial institutions invest tons of money, I mean millions of dollars every single year, safeguarding your information. 
And when you get your statements electronically, you're just logging into their safe, secure site. To alleviate your fears of what happens if they get hacked and all your information disappears, well, first of all, if I think that hap was going to happen, we'd be in a mess, all of us. So let's pray that never happens. But to alleviate your fears, you can download a copy of your statement every month. You can keep it yourself. You could print it if you wanted, but that might defeat the whole purpose. But you have that choice. You will have the information. You also want to make sure that the financial institution you work with is insured. Most of the banks are insured through the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation, so that will further offer you some protection. And financial institutions, full-service brokerage firms are also insured. Something to keep in mind is that you may want to have a safe, secure backup for your statements yourself. Make sure you have a safe and secure password and in some cases, some financial institutions require you to use a little security token as part of your password when you go in to transact certain business activities in your bank account, for example. That little security token is something that you take with you. You have to plug in your PIN, it gives you another code, and that code becomes part of your password. Now all this is sounding really complicated and maybe it is just better to get it in the mail, but I think you'll agree getting it ele electronically is safer at the end of the day for all the reasons that I've just covered. I hope that helps you make a good decision. And that wraps up this edition of The Wealthy Life, helping Canadians make smart financial decisions. Go to thewealthylife.com to become a member and receive free exclusive access to Wealthy Life workbooks, calculators, articles, and more to help you make the most out of what you have.